Orcas and salmon are friends that need help. Our ocean pals are facing some trouble. Less trouble, more bubbles. There's so much we can do. Do you know what I'm thinking? Let's start preaching extinction. Hello, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. For those of you that are new here, the Breaching Extinction podcast explores the plight of the endangered southern resident killer whales through interviews with the people trying to save them. There are currently less than 80 southern resident killer whales left, and they are currently threatened by lack of prey, vessel noise, and water toxins. All these factors impact one another and play a significant role in their population decline. They have historically spent much of their time in the Salish Sea. However, they've been seen less and less likely forced out of their home by lack of prey as well as busy and toxic waters. I'm your host, Erica Wirth, and I decided to start this podcast in 2019 after spending a summer working in the Salish Sea and learning about these animals. Each week, I dive into a new conversation with guests from varying perspectives. I approach these topics through an interdisciplinary lens in hopes of uncovering the intricacies of this complex issue. Through this, I hope to share insight as well as fit the puzzle pieces together needed to save this species. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you have any questions or are interested in being featured on the podcast or sponsoring us, please reach out over Instagram at Breaching Extinction or send an email to info at breachingextinction.com. Thanks. Warning, the following podcast contains explicit language which may be offensive to some viewers and or inappropriate for children. The content within this podcast is intended for a mature audience only and is 100% a joke. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. This week, Let's take a call. Caller, you're on the air with Breaching Extinction. Hi. No? Yes. Yes. You're not doing that? Oh, no. I, never. Yeah, you're on oh, the... Okay. Yeah. Oh awkward this is already awkward amazing yikes um yikes yeah this is pizza delivery what kind of pizza do you want i don't know anchovies you want anchovies let me turn my phone off it's quacking at me um okay so obviously you guys are aware that you're in for a very special guest you're we're here with dale frank he is a marine naturalist and just generally feral. Um, <laughs> I tried to tell people, I was like, yeah, I'm having Dale on the podcast. He's feral. And like Kendra and Liam were like, what does that even mean? And I was like, you just need to listen to it. And then you'll know what that means. Big talk from the girl who was basically all but passed out halfway through our bison <laughs> excursion and couldn't hang with the big that's, dogs. So that's no. the wrong Erica. You have the wrong Erica. That's Erica Page, not well, she she was done for by the time we even got to Catalina. So that's, that's just another story for another time. That's another story for another. We'll talk about that on another trip. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So I'm just gonna. I don't really know where this episode is gonna go. I didn't have a plan, but then I came up with some questions. Um, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say that this is not for children. So hide your kids, hide your wife. Not the episode for your kids or your wife. So just. Yeah. Hide your whales because they're watching everybody out there. Hide your whales. Um, But I just need you to let everybody know what your shirt is because you showed me your shirt. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. There's an Instagram called uh, Hail Cetacean. Uh And it's got a pentagram. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite symbols. Yes. And there's an underwater uh, sea witch and a, a sperm whale and a humpback whale and a narwhal and a bottlenose dolphin and um one of these things the what are the black and white ones sea pandas the, i think they're called pandas, the killer whales yeah oh is that what they're called I don't yeah know. i think so there's something new every day in this business you learn something every day every yeah. day i feel like this episode we're just gonna call it like dale off the rails because that's just like what this is um okay dale tell us who are you who is dale frank i'm dale you're dale that's is that me. it that's you. I don't I don't find myself particularly interesting and I don't think many people do. I strongly disagree with that statement and I think every person who requested to have you on would also strongly disagree with that statement. Well, both of those people are probably sadly mistaken. 
now if you want like how long i've been doing this uh i have been working on whale watching boats since 2013 which is many moons ago when the earth was young down in dana point california i spent five years in newport beach california and then i made the interesting decision to move to alaska in the middle well not even in the middle it was like the first three weeks of lockdowns but it was also one of the best decisions i ever made so i've spent the better part of the last two and a half years now in alaska okay nice and that's currently where you reside yes i'm in lovely as you can see out the window here i'm There's in lovely juno it's just a wall Amazing. oh well shit i thought it was snowing yeah oh well okay awkward. awkward it's awkward again um cool so i just have some like some questions that i came up with just like get to know you icebreaker questions and then just some like other just facts that i feel like you should maybe like know and i'm just gonna ask them um but i was gonna ask you what is your current occupation and how did you come to like whales so how did you get into whales you know because were you just like a little little whale turd your whole life or like what you know there was a great book when I was, and I've never told anyone this before. So this is kind of an exclusive. This is like TMZ type stuff right here. When I was a very, very young child, probably less than three years old, there was a book called Dale the Whale. And uh, it started with Dale went swimming in Snorkel Bay to see where all the ocean critters play or something like that. I'm probably paraphrasing. But uh, no, I grew up in Iowa. So the only whales you saw were at the country kitchen buffet stop what oh my god i just i like i'm true though i mean flashbacks to the midwest and i wasn't ready you just see like you know pieces of like baked potato like orbiting around some small planetoid as they went for fourths you know (laughs) um yeah i'm a big boy myself i love to eat don't get me wrong but That's no moon. That's a fellow restaurant patron. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I feel you. I, I, yeah, I, I'm from the Midwest. I'm on the thicker side as well. So I, I understand that having that baked potato orbit you, it just happens sometimes. Right. In the Midwest. You just fall into the whole vat of sour cream at the same time. Just, yeah. Just happens. You and just like rather than lunge feeding for like some anchovies you're like lunge feeding for that sour cream the lunge isn't really the feeding portion the lunge is like with your fork to stab the potato and possibly the arm that's why they give you two forks one for offense one for defense yes you're in a lunch line absolutely for sure yes but growing up in iowa uh to get back on topic because you know i know that's what you're really interested in is being on top of uh I had aquariums growing up as a young child and we actually had snowflake eels. We had corals, we had anemones, we had lionfish. So there was an aquarium background there. And I thought that's where I was going before I got into the whole marine mammal tour. Mm -hmm. I was working at the aquarium of the Pacific. I had time at the ocean Institute in Dana point, um, a couple other things, and then just happened to go completely sideways and ended up working on whale watching boats after an aquarium career. Amazing. Right. But how did you, what made you make the switch? Were you just like sick of cleaning out the poop tank or what? Oh no, that was actually an interesting part. Um, what was really weird is when you work in aquarium husbandry and this is with captive animals pretty much anywhere. And no, no anti-cap when it comes to cetaceans. So let's (laughs) clarify that. But there's still a lot of good work done in zoos and aquariums. And I thought I was going to be a part of something like that. My goal was originally to work at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, mm-hmm. which as anyone listening to this knows, biggest aquarium without marine mammals and not a lot of controversy as to what they keep on their collection. So I actually was trying to get more practical experience hands-on in those facilities because college degrees at the time weren't cutting it on their own. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a lot more doors I could unlock. So I ended up working at the Santa Ana Zoo for four years mm-hmm. and doing educational presentations, but also working for the nonprofit that did a lot of the uh, financial support for the place and got uh-huh. kind of, kind of didn't, I don't want to say it was a rut because it was a good time in my life, but also um, it wasn't nearly a career path that had any kind of like end to it. Yeah. So I was out, I started going whale watching in, 2011 because the news was saying oh there's blue whales in california right now i'm like 
honestly blue oil. Mm-hmm. And I walked down and I pay them for the ticket and I go out on the boat and I saw blue oil. And I was like, yeah, I could keep doing this. And so I just kept going out every week and I got, uh, I got to be such a regular that the next time they had a job opening, they hired me. Nice. Yeah, it was all right. I feel like that's like a very common story of just like people just go out on whale watch boats and then somehow work in whale watching. I went on a whale watch one time before I worked on a whale watch boat. There is, there is that. And I think if you're going to be the naturalist, it's kind of, that's the way it's got to happen because I got on my first boat and I had no boat handling experience whatsoever. And if I could go back and do my life over again, I would get more boat handling experience at a younger age, but you know, it's hard to do that. You can't do that. Right. For sure. So, okay. What is your favorite whale and why it could be an individual or a species? My favorite whale is the one that we find that earns us the most tips when we're out on a tour. It could be a breaching one right next to the boat. It could be the killer whale with a giant piece of dead baby gray whale in its mouth. Doesn't matter. It's all about that sweet, sweet cash. That cash money. That's, that's yeah. all I'm in this for is to make that millions and millions of dollars millions that environmentalists dollars. are known for making. They are known. They're known Counting for stacks for- of hundred dollar bills. Yeah. Not, not $4, but hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Well, um, hundred of dollars. Hundred. Yeah. hundred of dollar. Yeah, exactly. But if we're going you know, to, to honestly answer the question, because I don't know if you realize it, that was not a genuine response. I was a little bit sarcastic. I'm just trying to, you know. Yeah, right. There's one thing I'm good at on my tours. It's mansplaining. That's good. And, and that's I, I, feel, I feel like rich, older women tip me heavily for that. I, I think that most women can appreciate that and that like it's welcomed. And I know that I feel more comfortable when I get mansplained too. So I well, think- I'm, I'm glad you're saying it because I'm, I just feel like I, this conversation would be really one-sided if you weren't agreeing with me periodically. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's just like, that's kind of just like my role as a woman is just to like, you know. Oh, hey now, hey now, hey now. I'm also a feminist. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. So your favorite whale. Favorite species or favorite individual? Both or whichever one you want. Oh God. See, this is, and, and getting back to being genuine, this is the question that I least look forward to answering the most on tour because there's so many different ways to answer this yeah like you, you get you got the sentimental thing you got the thing that what what gave you the most adrenaline pumping through the old veins you know right. what was that liquid whale, whale crack that uh liquid whale yeah whale crack yeah you know uh we had a whale in alaska uh i don't know if you've heard of this but alaska every time you're on in california and whale watching isn't going good that day inevitably someone will come up to you and say I went to Hawaii and or Alaska and it was so much better. There were so many and you're sitting there in the binoculars like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. That's great. Wow. Ooh. Wow. You must've seen a lot of whales that day. Wow. That's really neat. Trying to find you one right now. Maybe walk away. Um, But we had a whale in Ketchikan, Alaska called Phoenix, which uh, it was just one of the most interesting things I've ever seen because that whale literally for about two and a half months would swim to town every day, not just like by town. I mean, inside the harbors of town and was bubble net feeding inside of the different harbors in Ketchikan and going on such a predictable course with the tides. It was almost unfair. And there's a a lot of people got pictures and videos. So I I don't know if you know, I do photography also from time to time. I'm not very good at it, but uh, I got a few pictures okay. and, uh, yeah, those are some of my favorite ones that I took though of that whale in the middle of town. There's like the moose lodge and there's the, and a weed dispensary behind this majestic whale coming up. Amazing. So that was a lot of fun. Um, very partial to sperm whales though. Loved them, fell in love with them the first time I saw them in Southern California, but had a lot of fun tracking the, the bigger males in New Zealand. Yeah. And the best naturalist I've ever heard in my life was on Kaikura Whale Watch. And I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he told the story of Tiaki, who's the big, badass male sperm whale in that Kaikura Canyon. Best presentation, best speech any whale naturalist has ever given. 
And he's talking about how this one sperm whale fought a whole pot of killer whales to save another sperm whale. And that was pretty dope. That's pretty dope. I enjoyed that. That's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. It was, you, you just, you can only ever hope that someone will listen to you and like have that kind of an adrenaline rush. For sure. Listen to yes. Stories. Absolutely. Um, so what species and, and or individual of whale do you hate the most? Uh, do I hate the most? Which uh, one do you hate the most? You know, a wise man once told me that the only thing gray whales are good for is to go down to Mexico and feed them sticks of butter so that they'll be tastier for the baby gray whales. And that is uh, my brother from another mother, Giancarlo. Oh, John. I was wondering when he was going to come up. I was like, yeah. we should have invited well, that, him. Uh, well, he would never stoop so low as to go onto this podcast. I lost a bet, so I had to. But <gasps> he would be honored to be on this podcast. I think that you should, you just like, you keep forgetting that you're feral, you know? <laughs> so just, just I'm feral, but between the two of us, I have the best groomed facial hair. Because I don't have any facial hair. Well, if I had a high definition camera, I think you would see <laughs> that there's a little stash going on down there. Well, peach. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm jealous because my sister has a way thicker beard than I will ever have. Oh my god! She, if you think I'm feral, she is uh, primordial. Okay, amazing. Okay, so what's your least? Which whale do you hate? Because you started talking about John Carlo. Minky whales. Minky there, whales. I said it hate to say it because I've had some good ones, but minky whales, because you see them and then they're gone and everyone's like, how come we don't drive over to that whale? Oh no, it's gone. Yep. You don't understand. It's, it's gone, but it's a whale. It was right there. Yeah. It's gone. There's, there's, you know, it's, it's yeah. And if it's a minky whale and it's rough out and you see it for two looks and then you go back and then, Oh, I hope you guys like seeing the minky whale today. I didn't see anything. Yeah, literally. No, you didn't see anything. But I have got to sit here and play it up because I'm not the person you need to go and write the Yelp review about. Right. For sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, Definitely so me. Okay. Just some more like get to know you questions. Oh. If you were if you were a vegetable, what type of vegetable would you be? Quadriplegic. That's not. <laughs> but I still want to be able to move my head so I can watch TV. <laughs> god what okay um what is your criminal history like um i've stolen many a heart sure you have okay yeah. okay um okay so this next um question series is just going to be yes or no rapid fire questions you cannot elaborate i just need yes or no Okay, are you ready? No. No. no, you're ready. Okay. No. Bees. Yes. Women. Yes. Corn. No. Math. No. Shopping malls. No. Bisexuals. Yes. Fruit. Sure. Yes. Bats. Yes. Dolly Bats Queen. <laughs> yes, Queen. Amazing. Yes. Dolly Parton. Yes. Peaches. No. That's incorrect. The Midwest. Wait, before you say that's incorrect, you were talking about your dog, right? Correct. No, I was correct. I was incorrect. incorrect. Nothing is correct about your dog. She just is special. Okay. The Midwest. No. Monopoly. No. Jerry Springer. No. Orcas. No. Stepchildren. Open to them. Lava lamps. That's not yes or no. Huh? It's yes or no. (laughs) Yes or no. Yes or no to stepchildren. There's no gray area here. Yes. Okay. Lava lamps. Yes. The 90s. Yes. Worms. No. 
what the fuck you what do you mean no worms you well, I don't know, want them you have them and we both know that well i mean you've ever heard the song worms make the dirt and the dirt makes the earth yeah people and roots have a place to sleep now oh my god you're ridiculous it's a real song okay so the next set of questions are just going to be more get to know you and then just kind of just gauging your knowledge level of just things so um i had a couple people um ask like the same two people that you keep referring to there's at least four um have you ever seen a double breach a what a double breach yes okay um where do babies come from well i was gonna say from their moms but technically they don't have to if they're not a mammalian so uh from eggs from eggs okay perfect i think that's the most comprehensive answer okay um the modern day city of istanbul was known by what name in the 13th century Istanbul and the Constantinople been a long time gone. Constantinople. Okay, that's Roger. 13 times 46. No, you can't cheat. You're literally not cheating. cheating. You're literally cheating right now. I'm no, this is called doing math. I don't have a calculator. This is called you a said, pen and paper. You said yes to math earlier, and then now you're cheating. What is the answer? I said no to math. Thank okay. you very much. The answer <laughs> is... I'm doing, the, I'm doing it right now. You keep distracting me. 13 times 46? Yeah. Okay, 13 times. Wow. I'm usually way faster at this. This is like, like pressure slow. or something like, like that. Literally, this, you're so like slow. I just like didn't expect this to be like What? That. You're just mad because I showed you Roman numerals earlier. And you're like, and you're like, oh, this is math. And I'm like, no, just no, learn no, Roman numerals. I'm not doing, I'm not doing 598 Morse code. I'm not doing Morse code. It's called Roman numerals. It's not Morse code. <laughs> you know what? When you, when we said, where do babies come from? I want to take my answer back. It's millennials. That's where babies come from. And that's you. You're a baby. I'm a baby. Yes. What constitutes that I'm a baby? Cause I like boobs. All the tears. Cause well, what? All the tears. Who, first of all, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, okay. And all the tears. You think I'm crier pants? I think you're crier pants more than I am. Mm, no, I don't think so. When you, I think you could like cried before this episode. I think I haven't cried in months. Well, I mean, do tears of joy count? Sure. Because when you finally got me to sign on to this podcast, I know you cried a little bit. I think everyone might cry a little bit at some point at any point for this everybody hurts sometime yeah okay what third song we referenced so if you can get all three song references congratulations you got the ad trick amazing what is your favorite flavor of ice cream cookie dough why because you're not supposed to eat cookie dough so cookie dough ice cream tastes like something you're not supposed to eat there's a forbidden kind of a taboo aspect I feel like you're feral. So like, it's like, why wouldn't, like you would eat trash. Why wouldn't you eat the cookie dough? Well, I still do. Right, right, right. But it's, it's you can't go to a, you can't go somewhere and like buy the cookie dough and just like have them scoop it for you in a little convenient cone and then just eat it. That's fair. What does being feral mean to you? Acting like your dog. What, what does that even mean? I think that she is well. I think anyone who follows your Instagram and sees your Instagram stories of your dog will know exactly what I'm talking about. I think absolutely that, feral. I, I think. Oh, don't worry. She's friendly. Oh, no, Peaches. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Especially don't do that. I watched that. You don't think I pay attention. Listen. Listen, she does. I'm not going to start listening. I've never listened my whole career. I'm not going to start now. Okay, she does her best, and she's just trying. Okay, so there's back to me because I'm really not interested in you. That's fine, and but that's why I have a separate Instagram now because I am 
because I we don't not everybody needs to know about Peach's business. And so that's why I have a professional Instagram. So my passengers don't have to see that. <laughs> Legitimately. Um, well, okay. That's, that's you shouldn't be ashamed of who you are, Peaches. I know. I just but I just feel like for the business, you know. Okay. Um, how many syllables are in the word hippopotamus? Hippopotamus. Five. This many. Four. No, hippopotamus. Seven. Okay. Five. What's, what's your favorite kind of bread? If you were a bread, what kind of bread would you be? Cheese bread. You'd be cheese bread. Okay. Garlic cheese bread. Garlic cheese bread? Why is yeah. that? Because it's the best kind. Okay. It's got cheese and garlic on it and sometimes pepperonis. Okay. Um, would you rather lose the ability to cry or cry 20 minutes randomly for every day? I think that you already do cry randomly every 20 minutes. I mean, it's if you want to win a good blinking contest, you have to cry periodically just to keep the old eyes uh, lubricated. Okay. So you would rather cry every 20 minutes. I think what I'd rather do is because um, I already cry every 20 minutes because I get texts from you right. constantly. And every time I'm just like, why this again? You so I'm already kind know, of crying a little bit. No, you literally kind of look, you open up my text and you're like, first of all, there are Instagram messages. And second of all, you open them up and you're so excited. You're like, what gems did Erica send me today? Like you're waiting. It's the highlight of your day. Don't lie to yourself. You know, uh, replace the word gem with dog turd in a paper bag. Oh my God. I've never sent you a picture of a turd ever, ever. But now I know that I should. Somebody doesn't know what she does when she's drunk. I never got drunk. Go back and reread the DMs, girl. Okay. I never got drunk and sent you pictures of food. I'm pretty sure you did. That literally never happened, Dale. I don't get it drunk. Happened. You did it while one day while I was at work when I was working in San Diego at my winter job. And I was talking to a passenger and they saw it and they asked what, what elephant at the zoo was that? They thought I was talking to one of the keepers at San Diego zoo because of how big the poop was. What are you talking about? Like, was it peaches poop? (laughs) Oh, it was, it was a huge, it was, it was like a couple of footballs stuck together with brown Play-Doh. I really think you're wrong about that. Pretty awful. I definitely don't think that that happened. I would like receipts. Embarrassing. No, it's not embarrassing because I don't get embarrassed, but also that didn't happen. So there's nothing to be embarrassed about. I mean, it happened. It literally didn't. I hate to be that bowl that tried to contain that thing. That's why it was on the floor (laughs) in a pile of hay. What? When am I ever in hay? When would I have ever gone to hay? Well, you were born in a barn. <laughs> I I don't think so. Oh my god! But I can't remember my birth, so I can't for sure say yes You're or no. You're listening to Breaching Extinction, the podcast about the darkest topic there is. Let's take a call, caller. Caller, okay. You're on Next, air. You're on air. Would you rather be a worm or eat a worm? Oh, uh, eat a worm. You would rather eat a worm. Do you yeah. want to do it? Do you, do you have access to one? Well, I mean, what, a worm? Yes. Well, have you ever like raised no, anything like, that no, like, like you feed like, mealworms to you? You ever had one of those like mealworms in a lollipop that they have at like some of like the museums and, sh- and stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I had those. I had the worm out of a bottle of bad tequila once too. No, but like, do you have one right now? Like, could you eat it right now? No, I, I'm in Alaska, dude. A worm at the grocery store costs like $17. What about the ass worms? Those are called tapeworms, and those are found in the butts of bears. And it's a little early for bear season yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Okay. So what's it, real life, real life edition, what's it like to work in Alaska? It's one of the greatest things anyone can do while they're still young or in my case just anyone can do because i did this too late in life i wish i had done this a long time ago it's wonderful up here okay nice amazing i almost moved to alaska and then i didn't your loss 
maybe next year. I don't know. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, where you were going to go, they have uh, an, a little volcano issue kind of right now. It's kind of interesting, actually. Oh, okay. Mount, Mount Edgecombe. Oh. Has well, a lot of earthquake activity around it. Well, I'm kind of glad I didn't go then. Jesus. Um, no, it, it's going to be fine, but um, it's still, it adds a little excitement. A little excitement, keeping it spicy. I have never experienced a volcano. I've done hurricanes, um, tsunamis, apparently, tornadoes. I've drank hurricanes. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah. A lot of hurricanes. You should live in Florida. If you didn't live in Alaska, Florida would be the place for you. You know, I would, I would go there for a winter job. I think you should. I would not go there for a summer job. It's a little I would go there for the winter. Yeah. Okay. So um, what is the worst thing that you've ever seen? Whale-wise, generally in your life, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? Bad boaters. Bad boaters. Okay. Bad boaters <laughs> are like my, my, one of my two biggest pet peeves All right. in, in whale watching. And just and you can extend that out a little bit to people that treat the whales as objects, as something that's just out there and uh, not something to be cared for or respected. I think you should elaborate. Go into your pet peeves. Spill, spill the thesis. Ooh. Spill it. Go. That's what we're here well, for. If we're going into like our number one pet peeve, obviously bad boaters. And I'm not just talking about people that drive too fast around the whales like private boaters, uh, people in the industry, mm-hmm. you, you all know who you are. Mm-hmm. You got to set better examples. And that was one of the big things uh, when I moved up to uh, Alaska, one of the big perks about being in Ketchikan, there's like two companies in town. So whenever there was a whale to be seen, there was usually like one, maybe two boats around it. We didn't have to worry about it the same way. Southern California, man, Anytime a whale is found, there's people listening in on the working channels and just every whale just gets blasted on busy weekends, especially three-day weekends. Memorial Day weekend is going to be a total shim-sham. This past year on Martin Luther King weekend and President's Day weekend, well, President's Day, I think we had terrible weather, if I remember right, but Martin Luther King weekend was gorgeous down in San Diego. And uh, just every every whale that popped up just five or six boats just going too fast too hard uh another big pet peeve uh yeah i'm gonna call it let's just go for it i'm talking about whale enthusiasts that don't have uh, respect for the uh, idea that the whale watching crews also are doing it as a job mm-hmm. people that come out and they think we're doing this for for free and yeah, we're not making the most money. And we like to joke about, we like tips. We like to joke about how we should be counting millions of dollars for doing this work. But honestly, we're doing it because it's something we believe in that is morally right and trying to keep whale watching as a uh, benign as possible towards the animals while also encouraging good ocean stewardship. Mm-hmm. And you get these people that just come out and they think that all we're doing is just playing and having a good time and passenger safety doesn't come into account. Um, the actual environmental concerns don't come into account. How come we can't drive closer right now? I want to get a good picture on my flip phone. You just, you get the, um, the volunteers that are just well-meaning, normally good people, but they come out every week. Oh, bet you're sick of seeing us not leaving a, you know, begging for free tickets, not leaving a dollar in the jar. You know, and it sounds really uh, ungrateful of me to say stuff like that. But to be perfectly honest, gratitude is not a word I use very often. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there there really needs to be a little bit more appreciation, though, for what people in our line of work do, whether you're the captain, the crew or the naturalist, because. Uh, for all of you out there who don't work on a whale watching boat, listening to this podcast, we aren't exactly even captains, even some senior captains aren't making gobs and gobs of money. And we have lives in our hand every time we go out. So that's a pet peeve. Uh, what's another good pet peeve? Just people that are wrong and they're clearly wrong, but then they double down on being wrong. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a couple of boat operators in particular that, Oh, I think we got our, we think we got ourselves a big old, big old humpback whale out here. Huh? Nope. It's another gray whale. I can tell, even though I'm six miles further away from you by the shape of the spout and the 
dorsal ridge on the back. No, I'm pretty sure it's a humpback whale. I'm going to get out there and see this humpback whale. They get out there. Oh, it's actually a couple of gray whales. Yeah, I kind of knew that. Could have told you. Wait, I did tell you. Uh, yikes. Oh, my God. I'll let, like let y'all figure out who I'm talking to because I got, there's like two or three people that category falls into, but I'm not going to name names. Oh my God. You're literally so spicy. You're just out here like literally spilling tea. Uh, but I love it, though. You're yes. so blunt. You're just you're yes. so blunt. You're just like throwing it out there. No, I feel you on the like sometimes people are not so respectful sometimes. And also, like, I mean, I more so get frustrated with people in the industry not being disrespectful. Um, but that's yeah, you know, neither here nor there. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? We've discussed and I think everybody knows what I mean. And so I'm just going to be quiet because I've already said what I needed to say on many of episodes. I would um, rather walk off the boat every day with a mostly empty chip jar, but have a bunch of people tell me that thank you for being respectful of the animals than to compromise any animal or human safety and walk away with a few extra bucks. Yeah. Definitely. That's how I feel. I think, yeah, the compromising anybody's safety, human, animal, whatever, to get the shot, to get the better tips to whatever is never worth it. In my opinion, I, and and I've been on boats where, you know, we've gotten pretty darn close. And I think a lot of people have, and I'm not saying that you should never get close to an animal, but there's, there's ways to do it. And there's ways definitely not to do it. I think anyone who, anyone who knows me knows that I've been as close to some animals as, uh, as anyone's ever been. And I feel like you want to elaborate on the story because you know you do. I've been to, I've been to, I've been to Mexico. I've been to San Ignacio. I've done all that. No, I think you want to elaborate on the blue whale. No, not really. You don't, you don't want to elaborate on that? I don't know. That's not very much fun to talk about. Nobody wants to hear about that. I think everyone wants to hear about that. I'll, I'll make you, you know what, since I'm already over one with you on bets, I will make you another bet. Since I already told you this is going to be your lowest rated podcast ever liar people actually care about that they will write back into you and they will make more requests and if well you'll tell me how many and if enough people do it i will come back and tell that story i will not i will not uh make that a point of today because that is not what we're here to discuss no but you need to you need to give me a number on how many people double digits double digits i think that's doable Everyone- i don't think it is i don't think it is i don't think anyone listens to you you don't think so no i think all of your uh your listeners are breaching extinction <laughs> what i don't know it sounded funny in my head never mind yeah anyway. yeah i mean you're like i don't think anybody's interested in that i we could devote a whole episode to that of uh you know of of the uh what is this called again this podcast that you just said the name of like four different times and no yeah, one i have a very bad short-term memory and i uh-huh. don't pay attention very well i think it was called dale off the rails or dale's feral or maybe like dale has assworms or something something like that that was weird could be could be only one way to check only one way to check ask the bears okay so what's the best thing you've ever seen oh like the part that makes you like go, oh, or the part that makes you go, yeah, or or what? Like what are we? Just whatever. Like, where are we going with this? Because the- that's very because you you know you you were trying to grill me on the old yes or no questions earlier, but let's uh, be real here. That's a very vague, oh, very open ended sort of. This interview was specifically designed to be open ended because I just feel like you're just a creative genius, and I just want to that's give not true full control of the conversation. Well. The best thing I've ever seen, like on the water, you mean, we're, we're keeping it within a, a, a whale watching context. For sure. Unless you have other stories. You I mean, you can share both whale watching and non whale watching. Yeah, but I'm not particularly interesting. So I don't really, I mean, like. Oh my God, I, shut up. I, you know, one of the, one of the best things I ever saw on a boat was when two chicks got into a fight during a booze cruise and the one girl spear tackled the other girl and then sat on her chest and punched the other girl in the face until the harbor police came that was pretty cool and that was awesome actually which one of them were you dating at the time neither neither i was on the crew okay i was actually married at that time do you want to talk about that no 
Um, Unless anyone knows my ex-wife and can tell me what she did with my dog. That's whoa, that got real. Whoa, that got whoa. real. Whoa. What does the dog look like? He's a wiener dog. Oh, oh he's my probably dead. God. He's probably dead now. He's he'd be old as dirt if he was still alive today. You would have a wiener dog. Uh yeah, because they're the best kind of dogs. Oh my god. I just um watched the the Netflix like Monterey Bay, Great Parks, whatever um thing. And Barack Obama said super wiener. <laughs> So is that your dog? The super wiener. It could um, be. Barack okay. Obama took a dump on a boat in Seward, Alaska once. I know that much for a fact. How do you know that? Uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine. Well, maybe she'll be mad if I call her an ex-girlfriend, but an ex-person who was in my life told me that. Who worked on the crew of that boat. Mm-hmm. She, and cool. how would she know? Because She worked for that company. So she was there. She, boat. she wasn't there. But it was pretty obvious that the president took a dump. That's good. Boat in Seward. That's awesome. Kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, that's great. Okay, what's the best whale thing you've seen? The best whale thing I've seen. Yep. Um, I mean, if I tell anyone what's the most life changing trip you could ever go on, it it genuinely is gray whales down in Mexico because you're interacting with them on a. Uh, you're interacting with them on a level that you just won't get anywhere. And if you're one of those people that has that random whale swims up to your boat in North America, above the U S Mexico border, congratulations. But that's like a one in a million chance to have happen. But if you go down to Mexico, it's, it's pretty like engaging, you know, do you feel Uh, like those tours are sus though? In Mexico, not the ones in Mexico. Well, okay, but if we did it here, it would be considered sus. So why is it not sus there? You know, and I've asked for clarification on that. And so there, there, there is the, the discrepancy in, in what you're talking about between United States and Mexican law, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the Mexican laws and the laws that, were, that are when we're specifically owned, because we're not going to talk about the vaquitas, because we all know that that's been a disaster beyond epic proportions. Okay. But when it comes to those gray well lagoons, a lot of the camps that you go to are designed to have the smallest footprint possible. They could, the, the one I go to down in a Kuyima, Kuyima can be dismantled and left with no trace within a week. Okay. And the laws are very strict on, uh, especially in San Ignacio. And I've heard it's not quite as uh, strict in the other lagoons, but I know in San Ignacio, it's a very small portion of the lagoon. You can actually interact with whales in. It's a very, very, limited amount of time each ponga can spend with each bit of whales plus it's a limited amount of time they can have in those lagoons and one of the ways that i personally you know my interpretation of the data whether it's true or not it's just what i've seen the when those tours started in 1972 when you started when pachico first started going out and doing these Mm -hmm. until you know recently the population was going up Mm -hmm. It's a lot different than your spinner dolphins in Hawaii, where the population has been noticeably downtrending since mm-hmm. the swim with dolphin tours were blowing up. Mm-hmm. So if you have a tour that's taking place and the number of animals is increasing, you're not having an effect on their population. You're clearly not having the impact on their, their breeding and calving if the babies are still coming out. Mm-hmm. So I look, I look at that as a sign that's sustainable. Now we're talking about in America, it's also pretty obvious, and it just so happens that the international boundary is where it is. San Diego Bay used to be a gray well lagoon. Now it's not. So it just so happens that all these lagoons are in Mexican waters. So the way U.S. law works is you don't want to deter them from their natural behavior. Now, you could make the argument that there's wiggle room if you're on your small boat and a, a whale comes up to you and you want to play with it and touch and all that. That's probably fine. I don't think anyone's going to go after you for it, but you cannot give the impression that it's okay to do. It comes with a, to, well, to use the pun, a boatload of responsibility. And I don't think that it's uh, something that a lot of people in, uh, um, I'll, I'll just say it, Southern California boating, I don't think there's that level of responsibility and stewardship that's quite there outside of maybe a a minority of individuals that realizes the impact that trying to force a whale into certain behaviors it can have on them. For sure. I definitely small boats, 
sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but especially when it comes to small boats, jet skis, paddle boarding, and you're separating cow craft gray wells, because that was a huge problem for a couple of years with people getting in between cow calf pairs mm-hmm. and yeah. not recognizing that just because you're not a threat doesn't mean that the animals aren't going to perceive you that way. Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, I mostly just like my thought, like, okay, that, you know, it's good to know that there is some, some data to back that maybe it's not bad, but my thought is like, do we know for sure that it's not going to like alter their behavior, like near Southern California? Because I feel like I've seen videos of people getting really, really close in Southern California. And like, is it like the whale seeking them out? Is it the, the boats, you know, the whale? That's a very fair question, but um, going back to that, where that border is now. So when the gray whales are in American waters, it just happens to work out. And this is, again, this is a little bit anecdotal, a little bit backed up by observations and all that. But when they're north of the border, they should be in full-on migratory mode for the most part. And it's important to be able to recognize a whale's behavior, a whale that's actively traveling, even if it's swimming right towards your boat, doesn't mean it's going to stop and engage and circle around with you and wants you like doing all this stuff in front of it. But uh, so the, there, that's why very few of these encounters occur on, in American waters because they should be by the time they get up there because they're used to having their calving lagoons be where they are geographically. They're just not engaging those behaviors as often. Gotcha. I'm not saying it's impossible because obviously it's happened and right. uh, it's happened with multiple species, but with the, 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 that would be on national marine fisheries then to come up with more specific guidelines for, for friendly whales because I personally think that the guidelines have not evolved since whale watching in on the west coast let's just include washington and oregon and alaska in this the guidelines really haven't evolved with the times i agree well, except for except for i will give the, them credit they've, they've become more strict in washington you know we have the stricter guidelines hawaii and alaska are not suggestions they're hard limits they're there's federal law how you can interact with humpbacks there but you know, when we talk about whale watching now versus 20 years ago, it's now millions, if not, you know, probably billions of dollars worth of business overall in this country. For sure. So, and despite what some Southern California towns say, uh, you know, Juneau is actually the largest whale watching port in the world. Oh my God. It's true. Yeah. And the whale sense training, which we are a part of up here at the company I work for. I would like, I like, I, I, the one thing that is a little bit weird about California is that like, like up in Washington, they've got like, you know, be whale wise and they have the PWWA. So they have some sort of like self-regulated organization to like be more ethical. Alaska has something like that. Hawaii is something like that. And California is like nothing. And like, it's a little it's a little weird because you have a lot of operators that will say well then we won't be able to get as close to the animals and Which, you know they're that i, I hey i'm not arguing with you on this you just you have that balance so that's why like, i think guidelines need-, need to evolve though because you have to be able to cover these narrow definitions for those rare encounters while still holding people accountable for not being uh good around the wildlife I feel you. No, it's, it's just like frustrating. Cause I just feel like there's a lot of people that can see a whale from far away and like have that is a life-changing experience for them. And the whale can just be breathing and it doesn't have to be doing anything crazy. And most people, I would say 90% of people would be grateful for that. And of course you have your like avid whale watchers that come out and then like have a hissy fit when like animals don't breach. And you're like, this is, you've been out enough times. You should know that's not how this works. Um, but like, most I, I there's nothing wrong like yes we do i would say proportionally like i've experienced more of those quote unquote friendly behaviors mugging behaviors whatever you want to call it here in california than i have anywhere else like it's ridiculous like they they really do seek out the boats the humpbacks do in the monterey bay um not all the time but like more so than i've seen anywhere else like monterey bay is super interesting because you now have whales that are spending year-round time there yeah. And I'm not saying that that's comparable to like the Arabian Sea where they, they are a stock that stays there year round. But, you know, there's a small number of, of humpbacks that stay year round in the channels in, in the inside passage up in Alaska. 
It's yeah. happening now in, in Monterey. It's been that way for what would you say five years at least where you've had yeah. humpback whales in January, February, March. And it's not as many as there are in the spring and the summer, but right. So the textbook's getting rewritten, obviously. Obviously, yes. But there's got to be there's there needs to be some evolution with with some of the guidelines because clearly someone shouldn't be punished if a whale swims over to them. But there's also needs to be more holding people to task when they do wrong by animals because I've seen and the, and this is the popular trick for those of you who aren't uh, aware. The popular trick is to gun your boat as fast as you can towards a whale throw it back in a neutral and then let your boat drift. Oh, we're in neutral. Oh, oh, no, you created that forward momentum. That's an old trick that a couple of guys I know, uh, they loved doing that. And then they just drift their boat right over top. And then the whale stopped behaving the way it was before. And they'd be like, oh, why is it doing that? We were in neutral. Yeah, it's, yep, yep. Um, I was going to ask you what environmental issues do you care about or like one particular environmental issue? But I feel like you kind of just talked on that. And I, you know, and those, those aren't even my biggest ones. No, those what, aren't even my biggest ones. I think, you know, obviously uh, breach the snake river dams, get rid of all of that shit. Of course. Um, and then one of the, and not to get political, but one of the best things that happened with the new presidential administration, we started getting some of our protections back for the Tongass rainforest up here in Alaska, which, for those of you who aren't from around up here, the Tongass National Forest, 16.7 million uh, square miles. It's about the size of West Virginia. I hope it's square miles and not acres. I got to refresh on my presentation. Anyway, it's a temperate rainforest the size of West Virginia. And it supports not only whale habitat, but bears, eagles, seals, salmon runs, you name it. And the preceding administration was going to come up with some rules that we're going to start allowing logging and mining again. Uh, Bristol Bay, uh, a couple of years ago, that was, you know, going to be a really big thing. Projects that were destroying Alaska uh, that were being allowed. Those are things that I really uh, put a lot of time and effort into. And then uh, things we can celebrate, uh, Iceland getting rid of whaling by 2024. Mm. Two thumbs up. We love it. Yay. Um what do you think are the root of these issues? What do I think are the root of issues? Oh, it, of these it's issues. Pretty, it's, it's pretty clear. Very deep and complex, but like just there. No, but it's an easy answer. It's people that treat nature as a resource to be consumed versus people that don't see the entire ecosystem as something interconnected. 100%. And I would actually extend that to there are people within our, uh, our, our whale enthusiast community that don't understand that the whales they love and the dolphins they love, you got to care as much about the sardines. You got to care as much about the, the herring eggs up in the Southeast. You got to care about the salmon runs in the Pacific Northwest. You go out to uh, the Gulf of Maine. I worked in the Gulf of Maine for two months. You got to care about the fact that warming temperatures are having an impact on feeding out there for the, the fins and the humpbacks and the minkies in that part of Maine. For sure. So if you only care about the animals that you find cute and nothing else around it, I legitimately had one person on Facebook say that the resident orcas could learn how to eat seals and they'd be fine. We don't have to do anything to, that's the number one yeah. thing we could do to save them. For sure. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, that's a, yeah, that's for real. Oh my God. That's, that's what could, that would, that's what would save them for sure. I can't. Yeah, that's what would save them. No, we should lock them all up in SeaWorld. The oceans are dying anyway. Just For sure. give them antidepressants all day. Actually, you know what? Don't give the antidepressants to the orcas. Give them to me. Give them to you. Just See, let me I lounge said... in the pool all day. It'd be great. I knew you, you were crier pants. I'll throw sardines at you. That'd be all right. I, no, I, I suffer in silence, dear. Oh, my God. Um. Okay. Also, at the beginning, that. you were like, I'm anti-cap. Just got to establish that. Who is still pro captivity these days? Cause like, I feel like that's not a thing. Oh, it's definitely a thing. Um, I operate a, uh, a meme account also for, for Instagram just for funsies. And I get a lot, I got a lot of shit and you know, this is going to sound too topical, but, uh, Russians, Russians love dolphinariums. Okay. Uh, the middle East, China, they love dolphinariums. That's where SeaWorld's looking to expand a lot of their business is the Middle East and China. They're not going to make any money in the United States anymore with their uh, self-imposed breeding ban 
Right. That's another way of saying, please don't legislate us so we don't lose our customers too early. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, no, there are still people out there. And I had this one, this Russian girl who was like, well, I want to say cyber stalking me, but she was all over like my DMs for a couple of days on my meme account because I, I posted a meme that, you know, you should, it was not, if you were a pro captivity person, this was not a very good thing, but I don't really care. I just like, I'm just kind of like, it's, it's more of just like, I'm surprised that people like that. It just seems outdated, which I totally understand. Like the other countries where like, they're starting to have that boom of like dolphinariums or whatever. Um, and I don't mean to like, it is outdated, but you have to, you know, you, if you're older, if you're, you know, and I'm an older person, I'm getting there. I still feel young at heart. I still look very young, but this might shock you. I'm, I'm rapidly approaching a twilight years in the, in the, in the nineties. You know, yeah. it was a big thing. Like we did not talk about captivity the way we do nowadays. Right. And the people that were against zoos and aquariums or like, you know, in all full or in part, right. you know, they were just doing it kind of on a, they weren't using a lot of facts. They were using a lot of emotional appeals. Right. And as we all know, I don't have any of those. Except so when you're prior really Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. I believe I am, but it's not true. You literally, I have so many anyway. receipts of you being cryo. Wow. And I have receipts of you leaving elephant sized dumps in toilet bowls, but we're not going to sit here and play this game. <laughs> All 14 people might listen to this podcast, one of whom might not be related to you. <gasps> no, my, you don't understand. My family hates me. So they, none of them listen to this podcast. Just for our listeners, that's called a callback, by the way. If you're a, uh, following if you've listened to the entire podcast at this point that's called a callback and that's when we refer to something earlier on in in the podcast this is another this is my mansplain segment this is your man call back to something that occurred earlier and we're we're bringing it back forward oh my god i need to see the receipts because i'm like like that didn't happen i i i got rid of them i deleted them because i didn't want to look on my phone this is how I know you're full of shit right now. Well, you aren't anymore because you <laughs> left it all on the floor of that barn. <laughs> I don't go. It was in a group chat with uh, Erica Page, so you could probably get them from her. Oh my god. She That's she also I'm she she didn't comment. She just left an emoji. Oh my god. Yeah, it was the poop emoji followed by like a the one where the little explosion comes out of the head emoji. Okay, your your story just isn't lining up, but I feel like I don't want to give any more time to this because I feel like anyone like imagine this is somebody's first time listening to this podcast. Wow, they have <laughs> nothing better to do. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um tell us a secret. Yeah. I don't yeah. have any. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Tell us a secret. Uh, this. Oh, yeah. so I'm thinking about uh, quitting Wales and just going full on Northern Lights for the rest of my life. Okay, cool. They're way Northern Lights are way cooler than Wales ever will be. Okay, what does that mean? Do you have a like? Do you have a boat where you go out and you're like, this is? Oh no, no, I can walk outside my front door. How do you make a career out of that? I don't know. Do I look like a guy with a plan? No. That's movie reference number four. If you can get all four, there is a prize. Just email breachingextinction at uh, gmail.com. Send in the movie references, and there is a prize if you get all four of our movie references tonight. What's the prize, Dale? I haven't come up with it yet, but it's a good prize. It's a great prize. It's a great prize. Um, Tell us a story. Like you could make it up. It could just be a real life story, but tell us a story. Oh, good Lord. I didn't really was not prepared for this. I should have. That was kind of, that was kind of my game plan was to. My blood sugar is plummeting. Yeah. Okay, fine. Then just drop. No, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. I just wanted to be known that a a reluctant. Okay. All right. All right. I don't know what narrow it down. What do you want to hear? I want to hear a story about northern lights and about chickens Mm. and chickens are what we call small halibut up here so i can tell you about halibut they're delicious they're my favorite thing to cook during lockdown 
in, uh, in Alaska when I had my quarantine and uh, I had to start teaching myself to cook. And then I got to go fishing a lot in 2020 because I didn't get to work very many, if any, tours mm-hmm. throughout the year. I got to go fishing and I caught a lot of halibut and I got to cook a lot of halibut and I learned how to make it. And it's like my favorite food in the world now. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, a thing. That's a good story. Just for the halibut. Okay. Just for the um, halibut. Okay. Now just like drop a beat or like start singing. I think, yeah. Mm. <laughs> no. I don't, I've got go-to karaoke songs, but I don't feel this is the time and the place. I think it is. I think I'm it is. I'm not drunk. I haven't had a drink in a week and a half. Do you want me to, I just downloaded this app with random sounds on it. Do you want me to play some to drop a beat for you? Hmm. No. Let's try it. Let's try it. When are you going to play this? When are you going to play your phone? That's just you. <laughs> Literally the sounds that probably came out when you left that giant turd in the hay. What are you talking about? Giant, just like I, I think you were sending it to someone else. I, there's no way I could have been the recipient of that text. Dude, I have no idea what you're talking. The look on your face with your hair right now. Oh my god. What do you really? What do you? I've seen, I've seen sorority girls limping home on a Sunday morning with better kept hair than that. Listen, Dale. <laughs> I worked on a boat today. Okay, all right, Dale. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> Listen, Dale. You're... Women are bad luck on boats. It's probably part oh, of the problem. My God, you sound just like Jackson. Ridiculous. Yeah, but he's your favorite person ever. Yeah. Oh. So... That doesn't mean you're my. Have guest. you ever heard why it's considered bad luck for women to be on boats? And I don't think it's true, mind you. I, I do believe it's bad luck for bananas to be on boats, but the, the source, the sauce, if you will, behind why it's considered bad luck for women to be on boats. Why? Because boats are inherently female and women don't get along in tight quarters. Oh my God. That's what I, that's what I was told. Now I don't believe it to be true. I don't but, believe uh, it to be true either, but it's, it's kind of a fun story. Okay, with bananas on boats. So every single morning I make an acai bowl and I put a banana in it and it then goes into my stomach. Does that, that count? That doesn't count. Bad luck? As long as you don't bring the banana on the boat. Okay, just checking. Bringing bananas on boats is bad. Somebody brought banana chips on board. Do you feel like that's bad? It, there's as, as with every issue in life, there's always a little bit of gray area. I think if the banana chips are properly dried out and okay. they're basically dehydrated, I think they're less bad. Okay. I think that's like the difference between poking someone in the arm with a toothpick unprovoked and then actually stabbing them. Both are bad. One is clearly worse. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So I always ask people, what can we learn from the whales? So I have two questions for you. The first is what can we learn from the whales? You, what you can learn from whales, are we talking like mysticetes in particular? Oh my uh, from Mr. Seti. Oh, I they, quiet you. I'm answering a question from a viewer. Right. One of our many thousands of people that are going to be ignoring this podcast later as oh soon as they see my name attached to it. No, nope. uh, we requested. can learn from highly requested. Okay. <laughs> what can we learn? <laughs> the number one thing you can learn from a Mr. Seti is that they work their ass off for mm-hmm. half the year. And then they get to spend the other half of the year goofing off. Mm-hmm. So work hard, play hard, you know, and, but that's also part of finding a balance. If you're going to work hard, you got to play hard. If you're going to kind of do this to a little bit here and there and just kind of coast your life, that's the other thing. And then from your Odonis uh, family first, family is the most important thing in the world. Nice. The uh, family that stays together and thrives together. That's the pod that's going to make it. And the ones that, uh, Get separated from the group might not do as well. Fair enough. Okay. And then lastly, because this is a podcast focused on like an endangered species. And I always like want to know what we're going to learn from an endangered species. So what can we learn from feral people? You being one of the last feral people probably in existence. What can we learn from them? What, what anyone can learn from me? Yeah. 
well, Not just a person without, without going into too much detail, you can look at all the mistakes I've made in my life, including appearing on this podcast. And if you learn from someone else's mistakes, you don't have to make those mistakes yourself to learn from them. You love being on this podcast. This was not a mistake. I could be somewhere else right now. And, but you're having so much fun. You literally love this. I literally don't. You're obsessed with the podcast. I, I, I've always avoided doing... The, I've only ever done one podcast before, and it was a very, very underviewed podcast about mating habits of, of animals. Underviewed podcast? Where is this podcast? Um. It was, uh, 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 that'll be an off the air story. It was, it was done by someone who's no longer in my life. Uh Oh yeah. Roger. Okay. So guys come back and let us know if you want to hear this spicy, dramatic Dale story and Dale's blue whale story, both spicy and dramatic. Yeah. And, and all the questions that I ducked, which I ducked, I, I counted at least four that I successfully ducked and didn't have to answer. If you want to hear answers to those. Um, you can always go to breaching extinction at gmail.com and use the, use the coupon code peaches 420. And if you use the coupon code peaches 420 and, and ask a a question successfully, uh, you might get your question featured on air, like, and subscribe to breaching extinction at instagram.url slash edu and, uh, get yourself some of that sweet, sweet merch. Uh, we've got a brand new line of vape pens coming out. That are, are they they give off so much electronic vape that it mimics a, a whale spout, and so if you if you vape and love animals, uh, be part of the crew and uh, become extinct, just like uh, everything else that we love in life. I don't. I think that's. I don't have anything else to say. I think you just said it all right there. So thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Go, just get out. Okay.